Supreme Court justices, tribal nation leaders, constitutional officers, member of the Wisconsin National Guard, and active and retired members of our armed forces, cabinet members, Senate President Roth, Majority Leader. From the Wisconsin State Journal, I'm Elizabeth Beyer. This is Front Page, a podcast that takes a look at some of the State Journal's most interesting recent stories. Distinguished guests, and most importantly, the people of Wisconsin, welcome and thank you for being here tonight. Today's episode, politics and state government reporters Mitchell Schmidt and Riley Vetterkind discuss Governor Tony Evers' State of the State address, as well as some of the surprising legislation to come from it and how it could set the stage for the 2020 election year. I'm Tony Evers, and I'm incredibly proud to be here as the 46th governor of the state of Wisconsin to deliver my second State of the State address. I mean, it was, I think, what you'd kind of come to expect, you know, a lot of applause on items. Uh, the, the governor kind of laid out what he viewed as accomplishments in his first year uh, and then eventually kind of got to his uh, goals for the coming year. You know, uh, applause pretty heavy after a lot of statements. I think as you kind of got to topics of the budget, uh, his use of uh, veto power, you could definitely see a split in the room between Democrats who were uh, remained pretty jubilant during those moments, whereas Republican lawmakers uh, kind of waned off on their applause on some of those. It's kind of interesting when you kind of look at some of the budget items, because a lot of the criticism following the event from Republicans was that it was a conservative-backed budget where Democrats did not vote for it. I mean, he kind of rehashed the state budget again, uh, which for the most part was crafted by the Republican legislature, not by the governor and uh, took credit for, I think, some of the victories that, that actually we put in place. So, For as contentious as the budget process was this year, with you know a lot of people thinking that he wouldn't even sign the budget because it may not have met all of his goals, you know, he focused a lot of, of you know, the first probably half of his speech, maybe even two-thirds, talking about bipartisan accomplishments. He highlighted the, the bills that, that he and lawmakers worked on. He talked about how... Um, you know, they signed a budget and he admitted, you know, this doesn't accomplish everything each party wanted, but, you know, it's a great start to accomplishing goals that, that we haven't really dealt with for, um, in, you know, in sometimes a generation. And so there wasn't a lot of uh, call outs to Republicans at all. There wasn't any, you know, too much criticism of Republicans, you know, that, that we sometimes hear a bit a bit more stronger from legislative Democrats. So that was kind of interesting. And then just overall, I think, you know, these these state of the state addresses, you know, can sometimes be a bit more ceremonial really than than uh, big news events. But I will say that uh, I was surprised. Um, I think a lot of people in the press room were surprised to see, you know, there were some pretty significant proposals put in there. I mean, notably the uh, nonpartisan redistricting commission. In the coming days, I will be signing an executive order to create a nonpartisan redistricting commission who will draw the people's maps. So the governor basically said, well, you know, I put this uh, proposal in my state budget earlier this year to start a nonpartisan process to to draw the state's political maps after the U.S. Census is taken. Since Republicans rejected that, he said, you know, I'm going to try to take this matter into my own hands. And so he has vowed to create a nonpartisan redistricting commission that will include input from 
people from around the state, um, which will kind of put the whole process of drawing the state's maps out in front of the public eye and will give lawmakers um, supposedly a nonpartisan map to to uh, adopt if they so choose. Obviously, Republicans are not really fond of this idea. I think Robin Voss called it a partisan map-making process and said that Republicans will, will go about um, their own process for drawing the maps. He unveiled a package of agricultural bills uh, to address the state's ailing dairy industry. I'm announcing a three-pronged plan to start addressing these challenges. First, tonight, I'm calling a special session of the legislature next week to take up legislation to invest in our farmers, agriculture industries, and our rural communities. So that was a little bit out of the blue for us as well, I think. So trying to uh, assist farmer mental health. And and he put a goal in there of, um, I believe, trying to get farmers to to make up 20% of the U.S. milk supply, so Wisconsin farmers, making up 20% of the U.S. milk supply by 2024. Yeah. Well, actually, we uh, talked a little bit with the governor this morning on some of those ag bills. Um, you know, I, right now it's roughly an $8.5 million package. Like Riley said, uh, the goal is to bring the exports up. I think it's currently at 14%, so up to about up to 20 um, over the next four years. It also includes uh, the creation of an office with the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation that would work to connect rural communities and farms with opportunities at the uh, WEDC, which is kind of the economic development arm. So it sounds like that would potentially mean for, I don't know if it would be additional resources so much as opportunities for rural communities to access uh, financial incentives, things like that, which, you know, the big one um, we always talk about is Foxconn. But the governor even said, you know, there's other opportunities outside of southeast uh, Wisconsin and agriculture being such a big part of the state's economy should be a big part of that conversation. So, yeah, those bills are going to come up Tuesday, the 28th, a special session. I'm not sure. I, I, it'll be interesting to see. You know, the last special session we had was was gun control, which was kind of a gavel in, gavel out. But, uh, you know, Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald last night said he was interested to see what the bills entail. Um, yeah, I mean, we're all looking for ways to, to do better when it comes to ag. And uh, there's been a number of proposals by the legislature, but I'm all ears on what the governor has to offer. And it sounds like he's been working on something comprehensive. So, yeah, absolutely. I think the legislature should uh, take time to figure out what the special session includes and uh, work on those bills. Sure. The, the phrase he used was it would be aggressive to um, pass all of them before the uh, session adjourns, which looks to be late February or early March at this point. This is an election year. How could the legislation included in the state of the state affect re-election campaigns? It's an interesting political dynamic there because Scott Fitzgerald is is running for Congress. And so the, the dairy issue really, you know, is a bipartisan issue. I mean, there's a lot of interest on both sides. It's a huge industry in our state. It's, you know, a huge part of our state's culture. And, and so my guess would be that they might take a closer look at these bills. I mean, gun control was a totally different issue where Republicans and Republican voters are really not interested in taking those issues up. But when it comes to dairy, you know, especially when you have the Senate Majority Leader trying to go to Washington, you know, I think it, it you know, that's probably weighing heavily on his mind. You know, maybe it's it's smart to take up 
to take up these bills um, or, or to at least consider them, not reject them outright. So um, I suspect we might we might see some some interest, um, but I guess we'll have to stay tuned. What were some of the differences and similarities between this year's State of the State and the 2019 address? The State of the State address last year, <laughs> it's it's funny because I actually had to go look back. It's It, it just kind of evaded uh, my, my memory. I couldn't really remember that there even was a first State of the State address uh, because it was so close to the budget address, which was a bit more newsier. But I looked back and I did remember that it was a pretty interesting address because – <laughs> Rather, well, really, because the I think the miscommunication at the time. Um, I think the governor was still trying to get used to the role because. So, what was interesting was he during the speech said that he was withdrawing the attorney general's ability to be a party to this major lawsuit against the Affordable Care Act that uh, had had been started under the Scott Walker's administration and then the leadership of, of Republican Attorney General Brad Schimmel. So this was interesting because just a couple months before, Republicans had in the legislature had passed the what's known as the lame duck legislation or the extraordinary session bills that limited the the governor's authority to do just that. It kind of took away his power to determine whether or not the state should be uh, in a lawsuit. And so when we were looking at that, it didn't really look legal because that's exactly what Republicans had taken away from the governor. Um, obviously, all of this continues to be in a Supreme Court battle. I mean, th- this could eventually be uh, a power restored to the governor, but currently um, the Supreme Court ha- has not decided. So, um, you know, it was our understanding at that time in January that he couldn't do that. And it was just kind of a night of confusion for for reporters, at least. I think it was a night of excitement for Democrats um, because, you know, it had been eight years since they had a, a Democratic leader giving that speech. So I remember Gordon Hintz, the assembly minority leader, just saying basically, you know, it's a new it's a new day in Wisconsin. So a lot of excitement from Democrats, a lot of eye rolling, I think, from Republicans who, you know, were not excited to hear about any of, of the governor's proposals. So... This speech, you know, the, the Republican response has been pretty consistent now. You know, we are are opposed to any, you know, legislation or um, proposals that the governor puts forward that are going to boost, you know, huge levels of spending. There's also been an ongoing theme. You know, so the governor rolled out a lot of proposals, but Republicans have made it really, really a priority that they want the governor and or and or Democratic lawmakers who are interested in legislation to really do the work and and come work with them, come talk to them uh, about legislation, you know, that they can negotiate on. It's kind of been a, a, a this common theme in, in from the governor on you know, like like Riley was saying, bi- or common sense bills, but also this bipartisan. It's time to go to work, and I think that at least the statements we kind of hear from Republican leaders is there's no communication taking place up until the unveiling of those bills. How much of that is true or not, it's hard to say. What kind of political battles or partisan roadblocks could we see in the Wisconsin legislature in the coming year? Just because I think we're heading into campaign season, I mean, as Mitch already noted, it, you know, there, there are not going to be many Assembly and Senate sessions left. Um, you know, is it possible that we could see the governor call a special session on, on an issue that might be... Um, 
you know, that might might work well for Democrats. I mean, that's probably a possibility. Dem- Democrats are, are, are really trying to make health care an issue. I mean, it was med- Medicaid expansion was a huge issue during the budget. And a lot of Democrats say that their focus on health care and the coverage of pre-existing conditions was a lot of what helped them win the, the midterms in 2018. And so, um, yeah, that, that maybe that's a possibility. But I think I think the partisan rhetoric that we're going to be seeing is going to be transitioning more to the campaigns, the campaign side of things rather than in the Capitol. I guess I personally would be surprised if there's any, you know, big kind of bombshell legislation that, that gets through. It's, you know, uh, the Assembly says end of February and Senate won't get far into March. At least that's kind of what it seems like at this point. You know, there's been disagreement over a lot of items, you know, the homelessness bills, uh, packages that didn't, you know, seven of eight didn't get through the Senate, at least at this point. Yeah, I think it's kind of all shifting towards, you know, the big, big event in November at this point. The governor's appointments, uh, so cabinet appointments, you know, I would suspect that that might be highlighted again because, you know, it's been over a year now that that Evers has been in office and not all of his cabinet secretaries have been approved by the Senate. I also don't anticipate much of that changing because I think there's still a lot of caution from Republicans and skepticism just about about Evers' picks. You know, we might see a little bit more movement on some of the less controversial uh, of the cabinet secretaries, but you know some of the ones that have stirred up a lot of controversy, such as um, DOT Secretary Craig Thompson or um, the Department of Safety and Professional Services uh, Secretary Don Krim. I wouldn't suspect that we'll see any movement on that from the Senate this session, and and um, you know that might be something that the governor and, and Democrats might talk about you know, on the campaign trail is. You know, look, the governor's cabinet secretaries, you know, can't do their work as well as they should be able to because, you know, they're constantly threatened by being fired by the Senate. And Republicans might say that Governor Evers' secretaries, um, you know, some of them are unqualified or that's one of the partisan fights. I mean, also, we might see uh, the Supreme Court uh, rule on the the legality of the lame duck legislation. So, I want to say that there probably won't be any surprises there. I mean, the the conservative back justices on the court so far have kind of signaled that I think, you know, we might see a ruling in favor of the Republican laws. But on the other hand, you know, we we were surprised in in a recent uh, case on a voter purge where a conservative backed judge uh, or Justice Brian Hagedorn sided with the two liberal backed justices on the court. So, you know, surprises can happen and those can become bigger political issues. So we'll have to stay tuned. How did uh, Republican and Democrat legislators respond to the address? I mean, I think how you would kind of expect, I think uh, Democrats uh, were very supportive of it, um, especially the redistricting proposal. Um, I think both sides had similar but mixed views on the ag bills. You know, as we mentioned, uh, Democrats were very supportive, but Republicans maybe a little reluctant to get too committed at this point, part of that probably being as they hadn't seen the bills yet. The the other thing I think that was noteworthy was, I think one of the things Republicans had really stressed last night, at least in statements that I saw, was that a lot of the budget-related items was, you know, 
they kind of viewed it as the governor kind of taking credit for a conservative budget and eight years of GOP-led Wisconsin that kind of led to the state to where it's at now. So I think that was one thing that kind of underscored uh, the, the theme a little bit. Uh, we had a conservative budget that cut taxes for the middle class, funded education, funded the university, and continued to invest in the things that we know are important. So, Thanks for listening to Front Page, a podcast that takes a look at some of the Wisconsin State Journal's most interesting recent stories. You can find this podcast on our website at www.madison.com WSJ, iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. It's time to get to work, folks. Thank you, and on Wisconsin.